the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, welcome to Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. This is where we mash up the best of the week. We take our interviews from Tuesday and Thursday, what those episodes were. We take those highlights. We put them together all here in one convenient place for your listening pleasure. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoy what we've put together here for you guys. And if you want to go back and listen to these interviews in their entirety, you can do that right here where you're listening as it is. Um, So anywhere you guys are listening to podcasts, you can go back and find those full length interviews. But otherwise we've, uh, we've done a little bit of heavy lifting for you and gave you guys some of the highlights from what, from what you want to hear. But you know, we're so lucky with all the amazing guests that we have on oral sessions that I'm sure if you're fans of these people, you're going to want to go back and hear more of their story here, more of who these people are and what makes them tick and what has led to their success, all that fun stuff. Um, I love what I get to do here and I love getting to chat with all these interesting and fascinating people. It's a hell of a time. And yeah, now we just get to do a little best stuff here on the weekend. So here we go. Let's get into it. Here's the best stuff from this week on Oral Sessions. obviously never call you Lita. And I was like, am I supposed to do that here? What do you prefer for these kind of situations? I think that at this point, I've been Lita my entire adult life. And as much as it took me a minute to even respond to it, you know, when I was just, the name was just bestowed upon me and they'd be calling my name down the hall. And then I'd be like, oh, me. Yeah. But now it's been my whole adult life. So Amy and Lita almost sound, they just sound like you're saying the same thing to me at this point. <laughs> Respond to all. Um, I always remember doing kickoff panels with you and I remember calling you Amy on air one time and I was like, oh no, I've done it. That's like the quintessential error of like, oh shit, panic, backpedal. I mean, who are you? What? Wait, what did I say? Me? It's funny that you feel like you've said something taboo where it's just like, it's your name. Although it would be weird if you were watching friends and somebody was like, so Jen, yeah, (laughs) took me out, took me out of the moment. I was there. Hold on. Not what I needed. Um, It's very funny doing like doing this show. I love doing this show. I love being able to interview people and just like hang out and shoot the shit for a bit, but it's always very funny. And I feel like I get in my head a lot when I'm interviewing like my friends. I'm like, what, are, what am I, what am I going to talk to her about? There's so many different things. I mean, whether we cover your career, we cover real life things. So who knows where this journey is going to take us? I feel the same. It was like just 15 minutes before we were going to get on. I was like, oh, it's like a, a thing. Like, I'm not just like, oh, I'm going to chat with Renee in 15 right. minutes. I was like, maybe a lash, maybe a lip. <laughs> I don't know. I did a lash too. I went for a lash today. It felt right. I noticed like you have to do less with a lash. That's the key. And also my eyelashes never actually stay up with mascara. So give a girl a lash and just call it a day. Um, Okay. Here's where I want to start talking about things. I would like to get into some alien conversations with you. Oh, shit. All right. (laughs) Where did your love of our little gray friends come from? Or green, depending on who you ask. Sure. I mean, they're usually just called like grays, aren't they? 
that's just one subset of potential alien culture. But uh, no, so I think that it originated in kitsch. Like I love kitsch culture. I like, like give me a roadside attraction. Give me a, like we're in on this kind of um, campy, you know, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Pee Wee's Playhouse, like sign me up. So I got into it from kitsch culture and like roadside Americana. But then every time I kind of, so if something interests me, I have to then know everything about it. So while that was my interest, I was like, well, why is this the universal icon? Like the big head, the big eyes, the kind of the, the shape of the head smaller. And like, where does, who decided that and everything? And I had to figure, you know, just, just research, just some leisure reading. So where do you stand on your beliefs of aliens? I more enjoy the possibility that something is out there and could be out there. And for me, that's just it's fun. It doesn't feel scary. It doesn't feel crazy. It's a little scary. For me, it just feels fun. Like I, I'm like, kind of like uh, proven, but sharks, mm-hmm. sharks. I'm just like, I respect a shark. I, <laughs> I would, I would like to see one. Like uh, that sounds fun. When we were just talking about that, the time you and I, uh, obviously not just on this podcast, but in real life, having a conversation about the time that we were in Miami and we rented jet skis and we were in that brackish water. And I kept thinking of those like, gigantic terror. I can't remember what kind of shark it is, but they were sharks that were living in the brackish water. And I could not stop thinking about that. Every time we jumped off the jet ski, I was like, this is it. This is going to be the moment that I get snatched up by one of those giant ass sharks. And that'll be it. Would you rather be abducted by an alien or not attacked because that's like a known fate, but like See one that maybe you don't know what's going to happen. Is he hungry? Is he not? Are you going to get back on your jet ski in time? Like, like see a shark in close proximity or be abducted by alien. I'm going to go aliens because it's a better story to tell. Assuming that I land back on earth and we'll see what kind of um, physical and what state I'm in, like what kind of psychological damage has been done to this point. If they kept your clothes or not, they can keep my clothes. I'm worried about where probes are going. Uh, I'm worried about what those memories are, but then also trying to convince people like, no, I'm not nuts. I was legit abducted by aliens. What are some of your alien sources? Because there's so many great movies. There's a bunch of great books. What are like some of your quintessential alien content reads, watches, listens? We actually, I think, started to watch. Was it Fire in the Sky? I'm not sure. Oh, we did. We did. Yeah. The guy that was abducted that the movie's based on, his name is Travis, not Barker, but that's the name that popped in my head. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, Travis somebody. But I interviewed him for one of my UFO shows and he kind of struggled with that. He was like, part of it's like, I want people to believe me. But then the other part is like, or... Option B is like, don't ask me about it at all. I'll just do my thing, live my life. You can believe or not, because I know what happened to me. Yeah. And, you know, because there was another, there was an alien book that I read. God, of course, now I'm going to draw a blank on it. I should have obviously looked this up before. Communion. Yes, it's communion. Scary, right? It's really scary because that guy is like, he is an educated man. He's an author with like a great backstory. Like he's he's a legit man of the world. And he tells this story about being abducted in upstate New York with his like his wife and his like family friends or like another couple or whatever. Like, I don't know how you can read that and not lean into it a little bit and be like, shit, man, 
This is a possibility. Well, and then that, okay. So then that begs the question of like, I mean, either way, if you were attacked by a shark or uh, abducted by aliens, that is going to be your defining moment. And like, but, but now you have to be like that girl that got abducted by aliens, you know, like you're, you're not, you're not you now. Now you're just like, oh, that girl that, that was like going on all the podcast circuit talking about her alien abduction. Yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, because it's one thing like to have like a ghost story, but to have an alien story is another situation. I actually just recently saw um, Joe Rogan was posting about a new footage that I think it was the Navy had just released of the like triangle shaped. Did you see that? It was like off the coast of California somewhere. Yeah, I like that the the Pentagon just released the information like smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. They're like, well, you're fearing for your life and just <laughs> trying to maintain your community around you from not also dying. We we know there's aliens like it was just like, let's just slide that in there while there's government chaos amidst the pandemic. Expose everything. We're already down there. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's weed out the week. If you're already stressed and can't handle life. There you go. <laughs> Here's this. Um, I had a blast, though, the time that you and I went out to Area 51. We drove out there and we went to the like, what's the mailbox deal that we went to? Area of Area 51. Like, mind you, don't put us on any lists. We did not go into Area 51. <laughs> no, we weren't allowed in the thing. We just kind of like drove around it. We scoped out the, the scene. We went to the little alien, which is adorable. We got our alien jerky. And then the it's the black mailbox. So that's a, a meeting point for um for ufologists. So go meet me at the black mailbox because there's literally nothing around there. And it's the only marker. My favorite was so we went out there and it was maybe, I don't know, almost a year later I went out for my show and your picture, you had left a picture for the aliens of you and John, and it was there. I don't think I ever told John that I did that because he'd probably be pissed and be like, are you trying to get like he'd think he'd think I was like conjuring them, trying to like send out the vibes of like, come get us next. See, I think there's like some conjuring involved with ghosts, but I don't know that there's conjuring involved with aliens. It's just like it's just like you roll or you don't. Let's talk about the show that you were doing because you started doing a show and what you would like bop around to different like it was it all alien based. So it's called the UFO show. But then, you know, as people are wanting to get more into the deep dive scientific and um, experience, I also wanted to lean into the kitsch of it. So we went we went to Roswell, like there's a there's a museum, there's but there's like gift shop after gift shop. It's just like I mean, I just approach it with like lightness and fun and retain a few facts along the way that that may lead to some late night deep dives later. <laughs> But yeah. my my primary interest is um, just like I'm on board. I'm on board with a parade. I'm on board with a costume. I'm on board with like an activity. So uh, that's like where my where I come from on that. It's hard for me because that's I mean, that is walking. It's not walking a fine line. It's kind of like protecting yourself from becoming a crazy person that just wants to be obsessed with the conspiracy theories and then being that guy. Uh, but it is fun to lean into that shit. Like, I love a good conspiracy theory. I love having those conversations about like, wait, did that really happen? 
It can drive you insane, though, because you there's not going to be proof or there is going to be so much proof, yet it's not widely agreed upon. So it's like, what do you do? It's like trying to decipher the news where it's like some people are giving you this information. Other people are giving you this. Which side do you sit on? Yeah. Is soy good for you? Does it make you grow boobs or is it like bad for you? You know, it's like for everything is like ginkgo biloba like good for you or does it make you lose your memory we don't really know there's going to be compelling arguments for both so it's like we just don't know anything is the bottom line we don't know anything because the news and information changes every 30 seconds um what are some other conspiracy theories that you enjoy i've taken a step back from them because it with our government and the last shit show of the four years like it was very mentally taxing that I was like, I don't need to be thinking about other evil, nefarious things that are possibly going on because right here on the surface, I have plenty to deal with and I'm not happy about it. So I don't need something else to be um, like, you can become a prepper before you know it. No, it's true. And I think, and I will say, I'm sure that there was a lot of people, I mean, honestly, myself included, that once the world kind of started to shut down, it's like, shit, I can't even buy flour if I wanted to make my own bread. I can't buy toilet paper. I can't get like things to clean my house. And you'd be like, oh my God, all these preppers are sitting back going, I told you so. I've been saying this this whole time that, I mean, yeah, we all kind of walked into that one. I will say the pandemic has changed me in a way that you know, my motto for the pandemic, which we're still in, by the way, a lot of people don't like to acknowledge that, but um, was get through the day, keep me and my community and those around me safe like that, you know, and, and anything else I accomplish on top of that is a bonus. And so that was just my like a survival technique. Otherwise, it was just very overwhelming because it was so many things I never thought would happen or had given any thought to that were now undeniably in my face. Yeah. I mean, once that harsh reality kind of crumbled in on all of us, I think we've all lived this life of feeling like to a degree, just somewhat protected of like, there's no way that could happen this day and age. There's no way we're going to end up in a situation like we would never, it would never even cross our minds because we all live such, I mean, depend everyone from whatever scale you're living on lives like a certain amount of like luxury, especially in like America. Yes. There's like different scales of that, but you never think like, oh my God, an entire pandemic, people aren't going to have jobs. People are going to be sick and dying. And like, it's totally spiraled out of our control. On a much more luxurious level of somebody that's used to jet setting and being like, oh, that looks cool. I want to go there. I want to see that. I have this gig, you know, all over. And my routine was not to have a routine, but to be forced to like, all right, Groundhog Day, get up, go work out in the garden, make dinner, watch a movie, repeat. Were you doing other things during this past year to to kind of just like clear your head and put you in like a better mind space? My garden, girl, like I've never been a gardener because I've traveled. I'm like, it will die by the time I come back. Just no interest. I could appreciate a nice plant, but just, uh, and so I just took over this community garden area and would spend like eight hours a day out there just and you know it's just there is something yeah it's like hippy dippy but just like touching the ground and touch like with the dirt with your hands and everything that that um it kind of is calming that and being at the ocean you know i would try to surf and the, the surfing has always been and being in or near the ocean has always been my like 
it's okay. You know, and, and just something's bigger than I am and I'm not in control here. And, you know, just kind of like zenning out is like watching the, watching the waves has always done that for me. I feel like the garden stuff, cause I'm going through a gardening phase right now. I feel like everyone kind of hits it at a certain point where you're like, I just want to plant some of my own shit, whether it's having like a herb garden or having some fresh tomatoes or just keeping a fucking daisy alive. But it's really hard to do in the desert as well. And I just found this really great shop in Las Vegas and I bought gardening cue cards because I kill everything. So I'm like, I need to do the research now so that my next trip will be more successful because it's been a disaster to this point. So this was like an already existing, just shambles of a garden, just like wild space. And so that was my technique was see what's thriving and help it thrive as opposed to like, I want this plant or I like the way this looks. It's like, yeah, again, I'm not in charge. Nature's in charge. And let me like work with what you got going on here. Oh, also, let's just not throw away the fact that you're going to be guest hosting an episode of this show, pending that you still want to do that. I've strayed away from the podcast thing. It seems like too much of a routine for me, but guesting just like a small takeover. It's like babysitting. Yeah, Step in yes. for a second and walk away from I'm it. I'm an expert. Yeah. I'm like, just godmother, <laughs> like, just sign me up. I will pop in. I will come and be the support when you need it, as long as you don't need that full time. Exactly. No, it's, it's truly the best of both worlds. Come in, fuck around for a bit. Here you go. You can have it back now. Not my problem. Um, so that being said, to wrap up the show, um, yes, Amy is going to be guest hosting an episode of the show. You get to do whatever you want on the show. I mean, whether you're going to interview somebody or you're going to whatever you want, you can do whatever you want. You've got like an, an hour or do whatever a time class, you need. Or c- Castanetta's <laughs> class. Yes. No, yes. no, I, I will. I'll play it safe. I'm going to I haven't decided who I want to interview, but I'll, I'll pick somebody interesting. We'll have fun. Keep with the theme of not having a theme and just yes, and sit back and enjoy. I mean, it's just having a conversation with whoever it is that you feel like having a conversation. That's that's how I kind of look at it. Who's interesting that I want to have a little chat with? So the world is your oyster. I'm giving you the keys to the castle. Love it. It's not a castle. I'll give you the keys to the loft or the studio apartment. <laughs> that's all I need. Um, All right, guys. So you will be hearing more of Lita. You may know her. Wait, I was going to say that backwards. More of Amy. You may know her as Lita. Um, Thanks for hanging out with us. And you guys can catch uh, Amy on another episode of Oral Sessions. Hey, guys. I am Amy Dumas. Renee is currently at this very moment having a baby. So I am taking over Oral Sessions this week. And I brought my friend... Like my friend, as of a couple minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is our first like real life interaction. But it did also, start with a hug. To be fair, I'm glad with that. Nowadays, I'm like, I don't know who wants to be hugged or not. So I kind of like I'm asking the question. So when we open with a hug, I know we're going to be good. But also, like, I feel like we've digitally been figuring each other out for a minute because sure. you know Zicky and you know Poyo Del Mar and and but this is these are all Twitch connections. Which is beautiful because like we're all on Twitch trying to entertain these people and we're all helping each other out and giving each other ideas and showing each other show stuff. And it's very cool and helpful. Yeah. So I just started doing Twitch and then I saw Zicky, which led me to Effie, which led me to Poyo. And uh, yeah, I'm. it's kind of turning my 
my whole vibe around on what I feel like the internet presence is because everyone's pretty nice. They are pretty nice. And I've got good moderators for the people who aren't nice. They are immediately removed. And I love One that. One strike and you're gone. Yeah. Like some people would call that a confirmation bias, but in truth, like my people come to my zone to feel a certain way and to have a, not a necessarily a safety net, but like, we're trying to be like-minded humans in this room. Don't come in here with that nonsense. That's what my Instagram posts are for. Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave those comments. <laughs> Comments. I replied to those just so they know I've seen it, I've acknowledged it, and I'll leave it there for the rest of the world to see. First, I didn't used to erase them because I'm like, I'm too important to even see your comments. Right. Like, I want no acknowledgement <laughs> to you. But then I just started going, no, these are my pictures and my moments. So I do want to keep them up there, but I don't want trash under there. So I just simply delete them. And depending on how hateful it is, I will ban them. But I know that they like that. They do like that because they're like, oh, I've seen accounts on Twitter. They're like banned by. Yeah. And it's like their bio. And you're like, how do you, how do you do this? But I sort of think of it like now that you've explained it that way, like when you have your wedding book at the reception and everybody's signing, like you don't want someone to be up there like Chris is so mean. I hate him on your wedding day. You want the celebration. So you're right. Maybe I should start editing them. But it gives me witty moments where I could just be like, look at what you've done. Then you have a child. The man with the mic never loses. Like it's, true. And it's like my Instagram profile, like I'm on stage, like you will not win this one, but go ahead if you want. I love that. I don't feel like I did a proper introduction. It's okay. You just I, jumped I mean, like, right in. I also, I never do a proper introduction. So like with wrestling, we got to a point where everyone had 400 nicknames and they had their height and their weight and all they do jujitsu and to say everything. So in my opinion, since Elvis sort of stole everything from everyone, I can steal from Elvis. I only let anyone ever say, this is Effie. That's it. Because in my opinion, like now the work is on me to give everyone a chance to figure it out. Like every night, maybe I'm a little different than what you thought. And your perception of me is correct because all I gave you was this is Effie. You know, I didn't promise anything beyond that. And you get to decide. So I, I like the fun of that sort of introduction versus like, do you know everybody that hates me? So you're currently on the Indies. That means you're wrestling anywhere. Anywhere. You pick up the phone. You're like, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I remember I had, we had a saying that the crew that I traveled with on the Indies, bell to bell, if I can get there, I'll take the bookie. Oh, you know? absolutely. So you're everywhere. Do you kind of morph what you're going to present to the, depending on the crowd, or are you just like, you're, you're going to morph <laughs> based on what I do? Yeah. I've explained this in a way where I hope it doesn't sound unprofessional, but I'm a, I'm an emotional wrestler, which is probably why like I'm in love with just the sport and art of the whole thing. And I don't like the the little lines in between. And in my head, if it gets over in that ring, if it's safe, if the fans enjoyed it, like that's good wrestling to me. So whatever I'm feeling that day, like that's what you're going to get. And sometimes I'm like rolling into the room and I'm like, I'm going to do crazy bumps and stunts. And then sometimes I'm like, I'm going to make them just as excited doing the goofiest little comedy spots of all, but you're still getting Effie. And it's, I feel like there's such an authenticity to that. Instead of being like, well, you know, every night, this is what Effie does. Uh, Effie sort of whatever Effie is, and people are like your character is so good. And I'm like, girl, the time I'm in character is when I'm like having to go to Publix and go to the grocery store. <laughs> this is the ultimate freedom. And 
I don't want promoters to be ever disappointed. So when I say that, it's not like, oh, you're going to get moody if you not putting in the work. Like, I'm going to give you all of myself that day. If you are bringing me in and trusting me with a spot at your company, but it's going to be the all of myself that I'm choosing to give. Mm-hmm. And it differs, but people seem to still be excited. So you're calling the shots. Like I always call the shots. The, I, I love that because I was the flip side of that where... I come out, do just kind of some opening spots. Some, like they're like testers. Like, do right. they, like, are you on fire tonight? Do you, what do you want to see? Like wrestling, showmanship? Like, what do you want to see? Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm talking house shows, you know, oh, of but course, like, of course. then, and then have a conversation with whoever to be like, it's going to be one of these kind of nights. Um, yeah. But with the house show thing, I think that's like, that's like the core of wrestling. Like, It's troublesome for me to try to sit through a full television wrestling program. But whenever I see that there's going to be a house show nearby, like for me to go sit in section 207 and watch from above and just watch house show wrestling of wrestlers, sort of like having more of those riff moments, like I get so much more excited about those main events because I'm like, everybody's looser tonight. Everybody's letting themselves show off what they do and they're feeling it out and they're playing to this room. Yeah. They don't have to play to the millions and billions. They're playing to me in this room. Or, yeah, or to push a storyline forward or to go, we've got eight minutes till this sponsor that gives a zillion dollars has to get their spot in. And like, so it needs to hit that mark as opposed to a 10 minute match on a house show could go eight minutes or 12 minutes and like everyone's fine. Right, right. We're still going to get out of here in time. You know, let, let them go. Let them go. It's seeing those main event guys, like not main event, like main event of the show, like main event, like the show they put on the internet. Seeing those guys get like 15 to 18 minutes, you're like, Oh, wow. They're all way more proficient than you would guess because they're only given these three minute, four minute squash situations. Yeah. I mean, I'll say for the most part, like my house show memories are, are like, I have pure joy. That makes me happy. At least like you're remembering it positively because it seems like they're having fun. Like, I get like, yeah, I don't want you to feel that you were bamboozled. Like, I think the yeah, joy like that you're seeing. Oh, this and, is on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And like one thing, I mean, during Stone Cold time, like we would just be clamoring in the back to run out at the end of the night and get stunned. Like we'd have uh, our bags by the door. We're yeah. like, let me in coach and go get stunned. And it was like, that's like that you're riding that high all the way to Valparaiso. Yeah, you get to go take <laughs> one bump for the biggest pop of the night. That's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, I mean, you're you're creating those moments every night when you're, you get to call your shots. Yeah. I like to tell people um, I don't feel comfortable in a leash. Like I'm pretty kinky, but I don't like leashes. And there's a lot of cats who really like leashes. Like they like to have exact directions and told what to do. And I just want to wrestle. I don't care if I'm thinking of it or not. And I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. One of the main things I love about wrestling, there's so much, but is I love that no two days are ever the same. Right. And so I love that. And especially because like, if it also, if it sucks, don't worry. Like tomorrow will be totally different. Yeah. Aren't you booked next weekend? That's what I said to a guy. He was like, those fans are mean. The spots didn't work. I go, aren't you booked next weekend? Like there's more opportunity. This is going to get big brain for a second, but like Shakespeare wrote a lot of plays and I love Cirque du Soleil and they've done a lot of different shows and even Broadway theater. Like it's, there's something live and magic, but they do the same thing every night. They've practiced a lot in my situation. And in your situation, we're a lot of times meeting up with people and coming up with things. And when you really look at it as what it is, which is stage acting, when we think about the prolific nature of the amount of and people will hate this, the amount of one act plays that you have co-written on the fly with people. We don't often think back and think, oh, I've written hundreds of plays. 
You did though. And you wrote many different ones and they had the same similar tropes. And you could tell that Amy wrote that play. You could tell that she was involved with that because your print is all over it. But we don't often think like, like I'm sure the undertaker's not like, think of all the dramatic moments I've created, but maybe he is. Mm -hmm. And having that mindset of wrestling is not wrong anymore. We're not the underground redneck trash sport. There's a higher level of fan and a higher level of expectation. And we've attracted that by sort of forcing it on the table and saying, here's what we think wrestling is. If you like it, come along and they go, damn, that's pretty fun. Tell me this, because you said like, you'll be working on indie shows oftentimes with people you may not have much experience with. You may not know. Yeah. Talk to me about somebody being in the back and they're like, yeah, 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 totally. I do this. I do this. And you're like, they seem super confident and very aware. I'm going to go with this. And then they are a different animal out there. <laughs> so I'm going to do a little roundabout on this, but I, you know, I started wrestling in the South, which was like Alabama, North Florida, Georgia, you know, even South Carolina. And in those audiences, they're very unpredictable audiences and they're very mean and loud sometimes. And it really forced me to learn to think on my feet so fast, which now that I'm being given more opportunities, that ability to think on my feet is great. So what I'm getting to is I call two matches. I call the match that we discuss, mm -hmm. and then I call the match in my head of here's where this is not going to be right and what I'm going to do instead. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm going to stick to my exact ideas, but the fact that I've already said to myself, I'm going to go ahead and trust this person. But if they don't, I'm not going to look like a fool for not knowing what's going on here. And that think on your feet thing, uh, it helps out so much. And I did a match one time where I got to the venue late and, you know, the guy was pretty new. I was like, tell me the things you do. Like, I'm going to work heat on you. We'll be fine. That's the back. He was like, oh, that was incredible. That was so much fun. And I was like, brother, that was wrestling. <laughs> that was wrestling. And I hope everyone who jumps into the ring and says, I want to take a bump. I want to run the ropes. Like, I hope they find that point in themselves where they go like, I feel comfortable just walking out there now. I know what you do. You know what I do. Let's see what happens. There's real magic in there. There's obviously bigger risk, but there's also magic in there. Yeah. So I have a phrase with my friends that's a paddle smarter, not harder. Like it's, it's in regards to surfing, right? It's easier to just feel all of your right. elements around. But um, when a wrestler is new, they have such a reluctance to it because they feel safer planning everything out. And then they're doing more like, a Broadway show where they've rehearsed something, right. whether it's in their mind or whether it's in a ring a hundred times as opposed to feeling. And so when people go surf lessons and they're like, I stood up and I'm like, yeah, great. But like an instructor pushed you into a wave and told you to stand up. Yep, but there are the so right many spot. elements that you have to like, look at the wave, see the peak, like time it out. Right. No one to turn around, no one to paddle. Like there's so many elements that standing is only one. So it was like, no, like when you say like that's wrestling, yeah, like yeah. when you can, when you can just adjust put the board the, in, and yeah. feel it, and you go, I'm not taking that one. I know that one wasn't right. Like it's good. That's mm -hmm. fantastic to me. You feel it, right? Oh, like, you, you know if you can it. wrestle versus if you think you can wrestle. Yeah, and I love the the last thing I want to say when I see a professional wrestling spot is they really rehearse that well. <laughs> yeah. Like that's great. And as someone who is in a backstage position, it's great to go, oh, okay, that is done well. Good job, boys. But when I'm going like, wow, everyone really made every single mark on that, I'm like, at the end of the day, the core of this is we're simulating a fight. I can be goofy, I can be silly, because that's who I am, but when I turn it on and when I get there and when I go nuts. I am in a fight. And so when things feel a little off, when things feel a little sketchy, 
when you don't know what's happening, like we still can find those moments in wrestling, but not if we're predicting every single part of it. We have to, we have to sort of trust ourselves to have that looseness to go, yeah, this is going to sound silly and this is going to sound stupid, but it's going to work and here's why. And then showing that, oh, I would have never done that in wrestling. I'll use this for example. We did a 24-hour wrestling show recently for GCW. And it was during the pandemic, closed set to raise money for the wrestlers. And what was cool about it is they raised $54,000, Game Changer Wrestling, and it was split literally evenly amongst contract guys, amongst just starting in the indies, amongst... And the spirit of, hey, everybody is worth the same here to get this show done is great. But 24 hours of wrestling, and a lot of the fans are marathoning it. You have to sort of throw exclamation points in there to make sure that people are paying attention still. It's not just, is that another hip toss? Is that another international? Oh, a frog splash. So I told Billy Dixon, I said, Billy, throw me down the stairs. He goes, what? There's a staircase in this building. I go, just get me to the top, kick me, toss me down the stairs. And he was like, that's very dangerous. I was like, I know, but I love Buster Keaton. Let's see if it happens. And all of a sudden, it's 11 a.m. The show's been on for 12 hours, and people are freaking out. They're like, whoa, he fell down the stairs. You know, 10 hours before, I'm fighting Homicide, who is, you know, an indie legend, Ring of Honor, you know, a guy who was stabbing me with a fork. I'm doing commentary at 5 in the morning. It's not surprising that Effie would fall down the stairs being that tired and exhausted. But also, is he messing with us here? And those little grabs of everybody going, I know wrestling, I watch wrestling, and having those little acclamation points that are sort of out of nowhere and not necessarily wrestling, but I'm using the same skills and techniques. That's where the future of this is going is sort of those hidden things of, I can't believe what I'm even seeing right now. I did a, a cage match with Victoria and I had a spot where I was like, I'll go like I'm climbing up, but I'll trip. Because it was into the match and you you would, right? right You're tired right. and this. And then all I saw was Lita sloppy. She does it. I'm like, I got you. Like, I got you. Yeah. It's you you think you're so smart. Yeah. I just want to say Victoria is one of my favorites. I met her at an independent wrestling show. Mm -hmm. Like we just had seats next to each other at one of the PWG oh, wow. events. She was like, Are you a worker? And like we started talking and she was like, How are you not a baby face? I was like, Well, I live in North Florida. That's why I'm not a baby face, but we stayed connected and we even like did a short film together recently. And that's sort of that thing I was saying about earlier is like, there seems to be a shift amongst the veterans in this business of wanting to help out and give that positive feedback and like not sharing the piece of the pie necessarily, but like, Hey honey, we've got an oven. I baked all sorts of pies. Come look at how many pies you could pick from. And she's always been so magical. I just I had to I heard her name. Yeah, no, she's so supportive and loves wrestling. Yes. You know, after all of these years. And and I, you know, you've got to love that about her it's, for sure. It's so cool. It's great. And she's still like she has an age. It's incredible. Where can we find you? How can we support you? So back in the day, all my handles on Twitter were Kill Effie, which sounds a little harsh, right? Mm -hmm. Like Kill Effie, because the challenge was nobody could. And after a certain amount of time, I shifted. And now everything is Effie Lives. Mm -hmm. So my Twitch is Effie Lives. My Twitter is Effie Lives. Instagram is Effie Lives. I think even the Facebook is Effie Lives. And my Pro Wrestling Tees is Effie Lives. It's all Effie Lives. No one's been able to take me out yet. So... Hopefully it stays Effie Lives and doesn't become the D, Effie so, Lives. So easy. All right. So just type in Effie Lives yeah. and um, you seem really interactive with your fans. So if oh, you yeah. have questions, um, you're most likely going to get a response, right? Always. It takes me a second sometimes. You can even be mean. We've talked about Oh, yeah. I'll respond <laughs> to the mean ones. Get a response there. Yeah. I won't block you either. I only mute because I still want you to have to look at me. This has been Oral Sessions. I'm Amy Dumas. 
This is just Effie lives, just a blanket. Any platform, you can find Effie there. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere you catch your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on this special edition of the Best of for Oral Sessions. We just mash up the best from the week, let you guys get the little highlights. You can go back and listen to the full-length episodes, should you choose to do so. I highly recommend it because there's some good stuff in there. It's really hard to cut these down because these chats can be so great. We, we, we really do have the best guests come on here and hang out. And I, I love being able to do that here on the show. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. You can go back and listen to more of the episodes. You can also watch these interviews on our YouTube page. You can just search Renee Paquette, search for the volume network, and you'll be able to find all the things. We've got the short clips. We've got the full length interviews. Find them all on there. Like, subscribe, share, turn on the notifications, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next time on Oral Sessions. Oral Sessions.